That's Krista. And that's Jessica. So today we are discussing the dark, evocative, twisted, thought-provoking book called You mm-hmm. by Caroline Kepnes. We all know this book mainly because of the Netflix series starring Penn Badgley. Gorgeous. Yes. Now, we both saw the, sh- saw the show before reading the book. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Sorry. Just, I wanted to pause for, like, all the book snobs out there. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare you watch the movie or show before reading the book? Um, especially Joe, because he's such a book snob. Yes. So, Krista, what are we drinking today to go along with our book wasted? So today we are drinking uh, pickle shots in various forms. Oh my! You have yours with whiskey, and we just have a jar of pickles, and we use the pickle juice. Uh, and I'm having mine with vodka. I generally prefer tequila, but I accidentally poured <laughs> vodka first. So that's just what we're rolling with today. I know. I was like, don't you want um, tequila with that? Yeah, there was already vodka in the glass, so we're just rolling with it. So cheers, Jess. Cheers. To, um, book Wasted. I'm really scared. You poured a really big shot. It's fine. It's a double shot. It's half a shot. Okay. I don't know what it is. Ah! Ooh, the burn. Oh, Pickle back. So why are we, um, why did we decide on this drink today? So in the book, Beck and her friends, um, go to a bar and they drink pickleback, mm. um, which I've always known as a, um, mixer for pickle shots. I thought it was just pickle juice, but I guess it is actually like a whiskey drink. <laughs> and I'm not a whiskey fan. I usually, like I said, I usually drink my pickle shots with uh, vodka or tequila. This actually wasn't that bad. I thought it would be a lot worse. Yeah, it was okay. It's a little bit of a burn because the vodka was warm. But other than that, I think it was pretty good. Uh, so, Jess, why don't you tell us about our author today? So, um, so the author who wrote the book is Caroline Kapnis. Now, I always like to, like, look up things about the author because sometimes, like, the author's life, their story, everything they go through can relate to the book so much. You yeah. know, like, a.k.a. Ernest Hemingway and right. his life story. So, you is her debut novel. She graduated from Brown University, <clears throat> like Beck. <laughs> Caroline lived in New York and wrote about pop culture for Tiger Beat. How 90s. I know, it's super <laughs> 90s. Actually, what's really cool about it, because it is very 90s, her mm-hmm. her beat at Tiger Beat was interviewing boy bands. That's hilarious and amazing. It was one of her favorite things. I can imagine. So she got this job, actually. So she graduated from Brown University, mm-hmm. and she interviewed at a law firm. Wow. And she got the job for the law firm. She was about to move, leased an apartment, got a car and everything like that. That. And then apparently she was just like, uh, I'm not going to come in today. Yeah, this is not what I want to do. It's not what I want to do. so courageous. Isn't that like and really crazy. brave? Because yeah. like you have a, a set <laughs> job and it's mm-hmm. going to be extremely well paying. And you're going into an industry that's really difficult. Especially to break into. Exactly. And to make money in. And to make money in. So it's just like I... That was a really interesting thing to learn about. Mm-hmm. Um, Caroline's also from Cape Cod, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Massachusetts? I don't know. Massa. Oh my gosh, words. We're so literate. Yes, exactly. So literate. So she's I, from Cape Cod. She's and if from you don't Cape know Cod. Where Cape Cod is, then I can't tell you where. Find it, is. it on the map. I don't care. <laughs> and she's really proud of being from Cape Cod as well. And that does also, you can kind of get a sense of that when mm-hmm. you read the book, you, because the. Um, Guinevere Beck is from Nantucket. Right. So you get that kind of whole kind of like New England vibe. Right. Which I do really like. Um, some other things that she did work on, um, she did articles for Entertainment Weekly. She also wrote an episode for Seventh Heaven. That's funny. And she wrote a couple of episodes for A Secret Life of an American Teenager. Okay. I've actually, I've never seen an episode of any one of those shows. I used to watch Seventh Heaven, like, with my parents. It was, like, on when we got home from school, and it just would be on. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but I've never seen Secret Life of an American Teenager. Me neither. Yeah. And I, apparently it was really popular and a big thing for a while. Wow. But I just... Yep. I just don't actually remember that trend at all. Passed us by. So I wanted to note something that's really, like, sad and sweet. She she wrote this book after an extremely depressing year oh my goodness. of her life. Yeah. Um. So she she moved to L.A. where she was living and, like, doing, of course, all of her screenwriting. Um, at, at one point, like, her apartment caught on fire. Oh, my God. She didn't have any stuff. 
Wow. Didn't, have, didn't get renter's insurance. PSA, always have renter's insurance. Always Everybody have Everybody's out there. Okay. Her father got this diagnosis. He had cancer. Oh, my. And so she moved back home to take care of him, and mm. she was there for two years. Wow. Is that is that your cat? That's uh that's is that, Luna. Is that Luna? Hey. Yeah. Hi, baby. Hi, baby. What's the matter? Are you okay? You just you just feel like you need some attention. That's not. It's not your podcast, Luna. No, it's not time yet. You had yours. Oh my goodness. That, she's just spoiled. That was a big yawn. Uh-huh. So she moved to Cape, to Cape Cod to take care of her father. Um, I know that's that makes me so sad because mm-hmm. you know when when you're taking care of somebody and it's a slow a slow death it's that's like that slow burn and I I can't I can't even begin to imagine yeah but after she lost her father her her mother had like a major surgery and then she herself actually went through like a mortality issue where she had to get surgery too she lost the ability to speak. What? For a very long time. Oh, my God. Yeah. So she moved back to L.A., um, went to go stay at a friend's house. She still can't speak. She's talking to everybody through, like, a notepad. Oh, my God. And so she uses this time to write this book. Okay, then. And I think that's something that's really amazing because you're coming out of, like, this, like, really depressing episode. You have all of these thoughts. And then keep in mind, like, this is, like, during, like, 2013, like, mm-hmm. all of this, like, Instagram, like, Twitter, Facebook, like, yeah, all social media range, at, yeah. like, the rage at this moment. So, it's just people who are just, like, expressing themselves and always notating, like, where they are, like, right. follow me, follow me. So, I I just wanted to note that about Carolyn Kaepernick, and she dedicated this book to her father, and That's I wanted beautiful. to let our listeners know. So when you read this book, she dedicates it to this father, to her father with this line. First of the day, God willing, see you tomorrow. That's beautiful. I kind of cried. Yeah. Like when I read that. That's so sweet. It was just really sweet. And oh my God, I'm crying right I now. I can see you're getting teary eyed right now. <laughs> it's going to be okay. I'm such a sap, but I just, I think that's just amazing. You know, she's just someone who's really strong. Yeah, and learning learning that she was voiceless during writing this book has kind of brought so much to light for me at this point. Yeah. Um, Connect that. Yeah, that's Crazy. insane. So just a little quick uh, summary about our book. Um, uh, when Guinevere Beck walked into Joel Goldberg's bookstore, it was obsession at first sight. He would do anything to get to her and keep her, including stalking, manipulation, and even murder. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so Jessica, let's let's go ahead and dive into this. Let's talk about I'm our, ready for it. our main character, Joe. Oh um, so if we're gonna be talking about Joe, and and this is from the book perspective, not from the show perspective. Yes. And in, in our coming episode, we are gonna be talking about it more from the show. But what we're really trying to do here is talk about the book because when we're talking about Joe. In the book, I do not like him. I hate him. This is all from Joe's perspective, and you have, like, no empathy from him. No. He's extremely arrogant. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's Batman. Like, <laughs> it's just it's just so crazy. And something I wanted to talk about, like, I... So, in my mind, I see Joe as kind of being, like, um, like, a vet who is putting people down. Wow, okay. You know, like, I don't see him... Interesting perspective. Yeah, like, I just kind of see him as, like, being like, you know what? Like, you don't deserve... Yeah. You're sick, and you're never going to recover. He's doing them a favor. Yeah, he's doing them a favor. So, throughout the book, Joe kills um, some characters. Uh, Several. Several characters, but that's how I saw it. Like, I didn't ever see it as, like, him. Like, I, he would try to, like, help them. Yeah. And then he would put them down. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I mostly just see Joe as very arrogant. He thinks very highly of himself. And he has a nice guy mentality. I don't know if you're familiar with that, like, on the internet where they're, like, guys are, like, hitting you up because they're just the best guy ever. <laughs> and they, you're, they're doing you a favor <laughs> by, you know, dating you with their presence. Oh, my God. It's the, the worst. worst. <laughs> but that just, for me, so much describes Joe. In Chapter 34, he goes, uh, he said something like, because if I had a lady friend, she would be too happy to be with me to lose patience. 
And that just, Jessica just, like, visually gagged, and it's just the worst, right? I did. I just visually gagged. I can't imagine somebody even thinking that. Yeah. It's horrible. Um, I think when you were talking about how she was writing voicelessly, uh, physically voicelessly, it, it kind of drew to mind his inner monologue, the way he writes, or, you know, the style that, that we hear the point of the book from the point of view of, is so, he rambles so much. And um, he has, like, lots of run-on sentences. It's mm-hmm. like, he'll say something, and it'll go, and. And they will say something else, and it'll go, and. And they'll say something else, and it'll go, and. And it just drives me crazy. Um, I also think he sexualizes Beck very quickly. In I mean, before the second sentence, before she even speaks to him, he's sexualizing her. Which, to me, is just red flag number one. It just drives me crazy. Yeah, red flag number one. Yeah. And the book is even... His character, and even Beck's character, is um, way more sexualized yeah. in the book yeah. than it is the show. Which, in my mind, is just creepy, creepy, creepy. Yeah, because you get all of that inner monologue in the book. I mean, he it, it's, con- it's just his point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're hearing what he's thinking constantly. And honestly, I had a hard time reading it because it just it was tough. Uh, it took me three weeks to read this book. Yeah. Because I just didn't want to continue reading it. And we will eventually read the uh, sequel, the second book, Hidden Bodies. But we both talked about it. We need a break from this character. I need a break from Joe. Yeah. I can't handle Joe. Like, I can handle Joe in the show. Yeah. But handling Joe in the book is completely different because, like you said, he is very arrogant. Yeah. He's in his own head. He's almost like he's a martyr. He makes himself a martyr with his own god complex. Mm -hmm. Because he thinks so highly of himself. Yeah. Um, and doesn't consider anybody's emotions. and doesn't consider anybody else's life. Yeah. Um, I, I wrote down a couple of examples. I think Joe is blind to himself. Ooh. Um, in Chapter 5, when they're waiting for the train, when she's just done her reading. Engine, engine, number, number nine. nine. Exactly. That's I wrote in Chapter 5 on the platform, waiting for engine, engine, number nine. Um, <laughs> he says, and the bullshit thing is, if someone saw the three of us, well, most people would think I'm the weird one just because I followed you here. And that's the problem with this world with women. And it's like, no, dude, you're a fucking crazy person. Um, in Chapter 20, he talks about Peach, and he says, because she's a dangerous fucking pervert photographing you, coveting you. Is there anything sicker than photographing someone while she sleeps? Uh, yeah, buddy, watching somebody masturbate outside their window. Yeah, I'm masturbating along, along with, them. with them. In public. With them in um, public. I think the biggest one for me was in Chapter 34, and he describes Dr. Nikki, but to me, it sounds like he's describing himself. The biggest one for me was in chapter 34, uh, and he's describing Dr. Nikki, but to me it sounds like he's describing himself. Um, and he says, he points to his head and grins and could be a serial killer or the nicest guy in the world, but there is no middle ground for this guy. Um, okay, Joe. Okay, Joe. Okay, Joe. You're talking about yourself here. And I saw that so many times throughout the book that he just couldn't see the difference between these people he was projecting to be terrible people... And yeah. himself, who was actually a terrible person. Exactly. Yeah. One of the most disgusting lines for me that he said was, yes. it's, it's in chapter three, it's very early on. He says, and sometimes you have to play around with the facts to get the girl. Ugh. Isn't that so gross? Yes. And this is him describing, like, his old girlfriend and how, like, he ha- he pretended to be a music executive to meet her. That's insane. It's absolutely insane and honestly like when you read the book it's just so cringy it is i i cringe and i gagged so much because i just i fucking hate joe he's the worst like he just thinks so highly of himself he hates honestly like he doesn't like anything trendy anything cool he thinks everybody's a poser and a fucking loser yeah but here's my thing is like he was so with some of the other characters he was thinking that they were fucking posers and losers but, so, for example, like, he would start taking on some aspects of Benji. Yeah. Like, for example, he'd, like, I wear this cologne because you think, like, the you like the smell of the bartender, so I bought this cologne because right. you would like this smell. Or, like, he starts using the same toothpaste that Benji uses, too. Yeah. And it's, like, when you, like, start saying a word ironically, and oh then it God. becomes 
your in your everyday vernacular. Um, that's it's, happened to me a couple it's of times. No I longer guess. ironic. Yeah, no, I know. Uh, same. <laughs> I think it happens same. to everybody. Like it happens to everybody that you start saying something. Uh huh. It's funny. Uh huh. And then it becomes part of your regular vocabulary. Yeah, and that's like that's that whole part. Like you know, we're all a group. Are we really actually individual? <laughs> no. No, we're not, Joe. We're not, Joe. Joe. No, um, you're not an individual. Yeah, I think that he has a hard time telling uh, real life from what he's made up in his head. Um, because when at the end, uh, when he's burying Beck, he mourns their relationship so deeply. But she has already told him that she didn't love him. They were not going to be together. So he's made up this imaginary life for them, even though she's dead, that never was going to happen anyway. And that's honestly throughout the whole book. There's like maybe, I don't know, like what, a month? Yeah. Even if they're they're actually in a relationship and it's then not long. every time before that it's just that kind of whole like you know that period when like you're dating somebody and you're talking and you're hanging out but nothing's ever established. Right. To Joe it is established. Yeah. But that was never a thing for, for Beck's perspective. Right. And I just thought that was really interesting how Joe's all like, I love you. You're the one. We're together. I'm yeah. Like, no, you're Bef- fucking like, not. Like, before they had even spoken. Oh, like, my God. Yeah. Clinger number five. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so, moving from Joe, we've got several characters in this yes. book. Because what's great about the book is that the author is able to really flex out some of these characters. Yeah. That we know this book from the show. Yeah. What I really want to talk about is Beck. Mm-hmm. So Beck is like the the object of Joe's obsession. Yes. And when I read Guinevere Beck's character, I do not understand Mm-mm. his obsession with her whatsoever. To me, she just seems typical, basic. She is at an MFA. Yeah. So she's getting her master's. She's living in New York. Right. Um, but everything she says and she does doesn't really seem that intriguing to me. No, it's all very performative. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, she uh, is always posting on Instagram, or I'm sorry, Twitter in the in the book. She's always posting on Twitter. She's always telling her friends about it. She doesn't text. She emails, which is weird, weird. to me. That was so weird to me. She was yeah. like, oh my god, I'm obsessed with email. Who emails? Who emails? Like, I delete emails I before delete they even so have a chance emails. to come into you my have, inbox. I've been friends with you for so many years. When have you ever emailed me as a friend as a friend to have a conversation never never no never i think when we live together we would like send each other documents like lease documents oh that's completely different but that's the only time i think we've ever emailed each other um it just is ridiculous i I thought that was kind of weird main point of communication i think that she obviously she's very conceited and she likes the attention and she's very conceited she says that I, I also would go as far as to say she's a pathological liar. <gasps> yes. Like, for and sure. It's, it's um, I know I keep bringing up the show, but it's in the book. She's so much of a pathological yeah. liar in the book um, when it comes to her family, yep. when it comes to, um, I don't know, like getting a bed, when it comes to her and Peach's relationship. Her friendships. I feel like yeah. she's like a... I know that she's not a narrator, but it's almost like she's an unreliable character. She is. Because I don't know what's true. Exactly. Because there's, you know, at one point when Joe finds out that she's been uh, sleeping with and seeing Dr. Nikki. Oh, my God. Um, Chaos. I mean, it's, but you, like, from his point of view, she's madly in love with him uh-huh. while she's sleeping with somebody else. Like, mm-hmm. And she admits to not loving um, Dr. Nikki or Peach, but I think especially she doesn't love Joe. I mean... Deep down, she just wants the attention. She wants to be want, yeah. wanted, and that's that's her whole character. I know. It's like so. It's like, I want you <laughs> to want me. Yeah. No, my, that is her whole character. So it's almost like when you're reading the book and her relationship with Joe, because they, they're never actually in a confirmed relationship for a long time. The whole it's time, it's like she's leading him on putting him in the friend zone. Yeah. She's meeting him for coffee. Yeah. She's meeting him for brunch. She's not meeting him for, like, sex or, right. like, things that are, like, super romantic. And the couple like of that. times that they do go on actual dates, like, I mean, the one date that Joe planned was, like, the carriage ride and the fancy dinner and shit. And they ended up having sex in the booth. And it's like, oh, how? No, she, they didn't have sex. She gave him a hand job. Okay, but still, that's still <laughs> sex, even though it's not intercourse. 
<laughs> like, there was still touching of nether regions on both ends. I know, I know. It's just, like, there was no relationship building. It was, no. you know... But it's another... Exe- chit-chatty and then fucking. Exhibition. Oh, sorry. I was having a... <sighs> that shot. Uh, <laughs> exhibitionist. 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 She's also being an exhibitionist. Yes. Wanting to do that, someone, someone who likes to have sex in public. Ah. For those people who don't know, yeah, that's terrifying. <laughs> no, thank you. No, but I guess like she, she likes the thrill. Yeah. Another point that I kind of wanted to bring up is so, so Beth comes from Nantucket. Now yes. I've honestly I've never been to New England. I've Mm-mm. been to Manhattan and stuff. Yeah. Um. So one of uh, an interesting part about her character is that she's been hanging out with all these people who have more money than she does. Yeah, so She's considered a townie. Mm-hmm. So she meets all these people when they come to Nantucket because they're rich. They come during the summertime. Yeah. So For vacations. For vacations. So Beck herself has delusions of grandeur. She thinks she's something more than what she actually is. And mm-hmm. she She's always going to want that. Yeah. For example, the carriage ride that she did take with Joe. Yeah. The really fancy restaurant mm-hmm. that he took her to. Because right. he, he knows, because he's, obviously, he knows. At this point, I do feel like Joe knows who she is. Is, uh, she he knows that she wants, she wants money. See, and I feel like, to an extent, he knows what she likes. True. But not who she is. Okay. Because, again, at the end, he's just in love with this idea mm-hmm. that they would have been married and what would their wedding have been like. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, she straight up told him that that was not what she wanted. Mm-hmm. She just wanted to be wanted. She didn't have any interest in... Don't we all... Luna, do <laughs> you want to be wanted? She just wants to be fed. Oh my god, she just keeps screaming at us. She does. She's kind of a yelly girl, but it's fine. She's cute. Kind of yelly, but I want to get back to the point where, like, I, Beck is a pathical, pathological, pathological. <sighs> it's a problem about doing a podcast and you drink at the same time. <laughs> Beck is a pathological liar. Yes. So, uh, she lies about her father being dead. Yep. He's not to dead. Everyone in everyone. her life. I can't even imagine yes. lying about one of my parents being dead. I have I have daddy issues. I have lots of issues. Right. But I'm not gonna lie about one of them being dead. It's crazy. Dead. Like, I can't imagine. You and I have been friends for twelve years, is that right? Something like that. It's a really very fucking long time. Long ass time. Longer than a decade. Fucking long time. Which uh, supposedly she's been friends with Peach for that long as well. And she has lied to her best friend for that long. How do you I can't lie to that? imagine I can't lying imagine. to you for that long. No, no. About a parent being dead. You are a part of my family. My family <laughs> still asks about you when they haven't seen you in a while, and vice versa. Like, it just blows my mind. I know that you never see, like, my dad and, like, my stepmom. Right. But, like, I've talked about you so much that, like, yes. my dad and my stepmom, like, they're always asking, like, right. hey, how's Krista doing? Yeah. I'm like, oh my god. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. <laughs> so I can't imagine lying about a parent being dead. It's wild. And it's not just that. So uh, Beth takes, like, a robe from Peach's house, yeah. lies to Joe, Joe about where it comes from, and also lies about Peach and Beck's interaction. Yes. Their little sexual interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I thought was kind of sexy when I read the book, but that's just me. <laughs> yeah. I think it just shows again how much Beck just needs that desire from other people. Absolutely. She um, she relies on it. And it... it I can't... It's okay, you know? And I, I don't... <laughs> words i don't blame beck i absolutely understand where she does come from because you know i i'm always gonna want something more of course like i love name brands i i love things that are fancy and nice yeah and i i don't mind being an exhibitionist like myself like i've been in some nefarious situations with my (laughs) man and i'm i'm not afraid with like sharing things like on social media, yeah. but now that I've read this book, I'm like, oh my god, what is think, out there? Makes you think about it a little bit, right? <laughs> it really makes you think about it. So, we've talked about Beck leading on, so let's talk about some of Beck's friends. Okay. We've mentioned Peach a yes. couple of times. Yeah. So, um, man, I've got, Peach is like, I hate her as well. Yeah. So, like, 
I honestly think that Joe and Peach, they really parallel each other. They do. You know, like that whole, because like, so Peach is also obsessed with Beck as well, Mm -hmm. but she's so integrated into Beck's life, it's completely different. Yeah. Peach also holds things over Beck because she's she's rich. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so she's always going to be super controlling right. as well. I honestly, I, I love that she uh, listens to Elton John. That's funny. I just, I don't know. I yeah. love that. I love, I love Elton John. I hate that she runs. I can never understand that runner's high that no. she talks about. That makes no sense to Like, me. my boobs hurt. Yes. It's like reading, reading the book. Like, she's, she's running, like, before, before, like, the break of dawn. And I just can't even begin to imagine that. But I love how Joe describes Peach as being the queen of passive aggressive and <laughs> controlling. So this was this really stuck out to me. Joe said she is an open wound, shrill and wane, unfucked and unloved. Ugh. Isn't that horrible? That is. Like, but that's kind of like how I, I, I honestly do see Peach that way because she lives without her parents. Yeah. She lives in a huge penthouse by herself but also she's extremely peach is narcissistic Mm -hmm. and she thinks very highly of herself yes like joe yeah like our good friend joe like our good friend joe and she's always correcting joe and she's always correcting peach sorry back back oh my god words Words. Ah. i think it's funny that she always calls him joseph 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 um joseph yeah that to me, is like the ultimate fuck you. It is an ultimate fuck you. In the most passive aggressive way, is like, to intentionally that's not my fucking name. Mess up someone's name. Yeah, I hate that. It's like I mean, if somebody called me. So my name is Jessica. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's like if somebody called me Jesse. I hate yes. that. It is somebody repeatedly called it's me the that. Worst. I'd be like. Fuck you. Yeah, I get. I'm not gonna kill you, but fuck you. Right. I get Crystal, Kristen, Ew. Christy, all the time, She's and especially at work in customer service. I'm like, I don't know that bitch. She don't work here. <laughs> I don't know a Christy, Crystal, whatever. Who's that? Who's that? Who's she that? don't work here. She don't work um, here. I just hate it. I also really, really hate when people misspell my name in an email because it's my name is my email address. It just drives me crazy. <laughs> How do you mess that it's up? It's right there. Fuck this. It drives me crazy. Something that really terrified me is when I was reading the book, Peach's death terrified me because in the book, Joe like accosts her while she's running on the beach, yeah. straddles her while she's face down in the sand mm-hmm. and the reason why it terrifies me is like i can't imagine because he describes how she's fighting and yeah. she's fighting so hard yeah. and she's so strong and you're suffocating with your face down in the, in sand, the sand and somebody's on top of you mm-hmm. it, it yeah. just scares me it's not okay so much like just reading that and so i was trying i was trying to put myself in like peach's perspective so i just can't imagine because that's what it is. You're being suffocated. It's not a quick death. It's not no. It's not easy. And you're struggling the entire way. Yeah. And then at the very end of her death, Peach looks at Joe and says, you. Yeah. She knows. <laughs> yeah. She knows it's him. Um, I I just think Beck is a terrible, I'm sorry, Peach is a terrible person. However, oh, true. when true, they're true, true, true. planning this little trip to Little Compton. Elsie. Elsie. Hashtag. Um, she lures Beck to the beach house by telling her about the library, and that is exactly I mean, how you and I could be kidnapped. I mean, no problem. <laughs> yes. Like, tell me about your library, tell me about your yeah. books, and I'm there. Like, if a guy, like, comes up to me in a van, and yeah. he's all like, girl, you want some candy? I'm like, no, fuck you. And no, he's thanks. like, hey, girl, I got, like, this first edition. First edition hardback with the jacket signed. I'm like, fuck, let's go. Let's go. I'm let's there. Let's go. We're, I'm there. I mean, Peach, oh, my God. <laughs> Luna. So, the cat is, like, she's got this fish taco thing with catnip in it, and she's going a little crazy. A little right berserk. Night. So, yeah. I don't know if y'all can hear that. Luna, we're doing a podcast. We're, we're recording, honey. Can you be quiet? Oh, look at that tail. Oh, my God. It's so crazy. She um, has been very clingy today. She just wants lots of love. And Aww. we're sitting at the table, not on the couch, which is where she likes to cuddle. So she's mad. She yeah. wants love. The darkness is mad. Yes, yeah, she is. 
<laughs> um, so let's talk about Benji a little bit. I don't feel like there's a lot to say about Benji. There's not a lot to say about Benji, but I feel like Benji is just such a um, typical asshole. Yeah, hipster asshole. Typical hipster asshole, which is something that I really appreciate that, like, Caroline brought into the story, which is, like, this person, like, we all fucking know a Benji. Yeah, so everybody we know, does. Like, we know he's, like, a loser and a poser, mm-hmm. and he, he's, like, this rich kid that starts yeah. his home, own company called Home Soda. Which is ridiculous. Do you even like club soda? I don't think so. I don't like club soda, and then everybody in the book is drinking club soda all, all the time. There's no flavor to it. It's just weird. It's just carbonated water. Why drink club soda? We can have club soda and vodka. I mean, I understand. Um, I don't get it. For me, I kind of view Peach and Benji as just obstacles for Joe. Um, well, that's how Joe views it, too. Yeah, they're just trash people who, you know, kind of come from that same um, elitist family situation where they think they're better than everybody um and they're just obstacles that joe has to get through aka kill to get to beck aka kill aka kill but another thing about benji that i always like to point i want i do want to point out so there's a lot of like a huge section in the book where benji is in the cage um and joe administers all these tests that's, to Benji. Yeah. And he does it to Beck too when she's in the cage. He does it to Beck too. And like, if that's what my earlier point when I was saying, like, he wants to try to make people yeah. better mm-hmm. rather than kill them straight away. Like, that's his original goal. He's like, what can I do to change you to be a better human? Right. Fuck Joe. <laughs> um, but Benji's always complaining. He's always talking about how he's like, I don't know, like vegan and he needs like yeah. almond milk and. One of my favorite tests that Joe administers, it's this test where um, he's trying to, like, do quality control with, like, Benji's brand, which yep. is home soda, and gives him all this club soda to drink. And Benji's like, it's number three. There's no way I would have, like, this trash club soda. And Joe is like, it's all yours. All of them. All of them are yours. Yeah. So, therefore, it's all trash. Yes. Um, another thing is that Joe um, asks him what some of his favorite books are, mm-hmm. and they're but she's never read any of these books. Luna. Luna. What is the matter with you? She's a cracker. Are you okay? Is someone yanking your tail? Stepping on your paw? No? Shut no. up. <laughs> you have no reason to be yelling. Shut up. I love you, but be quiet. Don't flick your tail at me. Oh my goodness, she's getting sassy. sassy. She's getting Go somewhere. Or come get some love. I tried. You weren't about it. <laughs> anyway. So, Benji. Benji. Um, I love how in the book, Benji reads Dr. Sleep <laughs> and loves it. Because yeah. he's, I mean, right? So, like, Joe's asked him all these questions about books that Benji's never actually read. And he ends up reading, like, Dr. Sleep. And yeah. Don't hate me, but I've never read it either. I don't either. I haven't either. I've never read The Shining either. Um, oh my god. I know. Should we do a podcast on that? We might. We might have to start a podcast about books and then get drunk and review them. I mean, that sounds like a good plan. That sounds great, Let's right? Let's do it. Um, I do own Dr. Sleep. Wesley has oh, read wow. some of it, not all of it. Okay. He's, he's not a big Well, reader. I own The Shining. Okay. <gasps> Tradies? Tradies. Let's do it. For sure. All right. Next episode, people. Just kidding. Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, but I just think that that's really interesting because we all know Benji's in our life. We all know people who, I I feel like people who who lie about things that aren't necessarily true, and they lie because they want to seem cool. They lie because yeah. they want to seem intelligent. Right. And I completely understand. I have definitely been at like a party or out with a group of people, and I've been like, oh, yeah, no, I totally know what you're talking about. Or, yes, no, I've read that. Yes, Mm -hmm. no, I've seen that movie, and I haven't. Right. But part of that's just I just want to fit in. Yeah, and And you you just want to keep the conversation going. Yeah, you just want to kind of keep the conversation going as well. Yeah. But that's not something Joe cares about. I do feel like Joe would kill me. Maybe. (laughs) You're not wrong. I think he probably would kill you. I think Joe would definitely kill me, especially, like, if Joe saw the condition of my book right now. I am appalled at the condition of your book. Maybe I'm going to have to post a picture of that I to think our you Instagram. Because it's, it's rough. 
So for those who are out there listening, um, Jet would be super disappointed. I so in my my book, you is um it's a paperback, and I uh, I had a day where I was really into rosé. I drank two bottles of wine, but I was trying to read at the same time. Did you even like? recollect anything i don't rec- i no 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 i'm really bad about like retain that. it nope retain nothing yeah absolutely nothing like i woke up and i'm like wow like i spilled wine on my book <gasps> shame on you i know and it's just so typical of my life yeah so that sounds like something you would do i am not surprised about that joe would kill me yeah fuck you joe but that's okay <laughs> so so let's talk about uh karen minty also, another, like, name thing, I think. Um, he almost always calls her by her full name. Karen Minty. He almost always says Karen Minty or Karen fucking Minty or Karen something Minty. Karen he Minty. almost never just calls her Karen. Right, because he always calls Beck Beck. He never yeah. calls her Guinevere Beck. Right. Hmm. I wonder where that is. I don't know. Um, my thoughts on, on Karen Minty were, um, obviously she was meant to be a distraction for Joe to get over Beck, um, to get the cat, you know, she was supposed to be the cat to get the mouse out of the house or whatever. Well, he says that, like, I picked up a stray cat. Yeah. And he says, I didn't just pet this cat, I adopted it. Which just stuck with me. I think she reminds me of a dog. What? She's loyal and eager. She she's is a not dog. a cat. You're right. Beck she, is more of a cat, isn't Beck is she? Because Beck is more she's elusive She's cool than and distant. Ooh. And Karen Minty is just right in your fucking face the whole time. Kind of like a dog. Don't get me wrong. I love dogs. Of course, I know everybody knows I have a cat. <laughs> but, uh, you know, a dog is just, it's uh, dogs are loyal. All, yeah. Always. And they're eager to, to be there for you. Mm-hmm. And that just reminded me so much of Karen. I think she's I think she's a dog, not a cat. That's why she didn't work. That's why he goes back to Beck. Well, that's, I, I actually really liked Karen Minty's character. When I was reading it, I was like, I would totally be friends with her because she's just, in your face. Yeah. When she meets Joe, she's like, why the fuck are you staring at me? Right. And Joe's like, maybe I like what I'm staring at. Karen's like, all right, cool. Okay, let's fuck. Let's fuck. And they, oh my God, they had sex on the subway. That's disgusting. I can't even imagine. Like, we know, you and I, we've both been to New York. Yes. You know how sticky and disgusting Ugh. that is? Yes. I mean, I understand they were both, like, inebriated. Right. But... And we've all had sex in some weird situations when and we're of drunk. Of course, of course. Know. We've all, I mean... Not to try and be elusive, but, you know, we've all done it. <laughs> we've all done that. We've all done it, but I don't think I could ever do that on a New York subway. If anybody has, you could always DM and let us know let the us story. Know. I would love to hear some of the juicy details. Yeah, for sure. But I really liked her. I think one of the reasons why Joe is not enamored with her is because she's not complicated. Yeah. You're right. She's like a dog. Like she's a she, dog. And she likes to fuck. She yeah. likes to cook. And she, she likes, likes to, to clean. clean. And I'm like, okay, Karen, like, okay. cool, like, yeah. I, I love this. But another thing that was really interesting is that she's intuitive. Mm-hmm. She says, so at this time in the book, uh, Joe is going, he's seeing Dr. Nikki slash not a doctor. Yeah. And Karen tells Joe, all shrinks are cheaters and, and liars. liars. And I was like, ooh. My. She fucking knew. She knows. That's what I liked about Karen. Like, she was straight to the point. Yeah. She was like, hey, Joe, I like you. Yeah. Brought him, like, coffee to the bookstore. Brought, right. like, brought him and Ethan both coffee. So sweet. Um, By the way, so Ethan's a character in the book that works at the bookstore with Joe, and he's always described as just being this pacifist, just happy I, all the time. I don't time. think necessarily pacifist. He always, uh, Joe always described Ethan as Ethan exclamation point. He's always excited about something. He's always, like, I just... Oh, my God. You know, he's just... The Gap has a discount. Oh, my God, The Gap. You know, shop at The Gap, Joe. I've never shopped at The Gap. I will never shop at The Gap. No. The Gap doesn't sell clothes for people like me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Um, But I I noticed something. So, like, I I take my coffee the same way that Ethan takes my coffee. And I was a little bit upset because I didn't see Ethan as, like, a very deep character you didn't want to be like i didn't want to be anywhere close to ethan ethan's like oh well joe takes his coffee like black with sugar and i take my coffee with like cream and stevia or trivia 
or Splenda, but never Equal. And I'm like, oh my god, I hate Equal in my coffee too. That's so funny. So, it but okay, worst. think about it like this. But maybe you know some person that you do highly regard also takes their coffee that way. It's probably I hope so. Fairly common. I'm gonna go on Google and like figure out how people <laughs> take their coffee because I'm really Search disappointed it. that Ethan and I take our coffee the same it's, way. It's gonna be all. Right. I need like a little bit of cream and sweet. Yeah. You know, like I can't drink it black. No, that'll put I've hair tried. on your chest. There's no hair on There's my chest. No but, but thanks for your tried. cleavage blush. You're welcome. You want to do that. it again? Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, I so yeah, I, I I liked Karen Minty. She was mm-hmm. a good break break from Beck. Yeah. Um, but I really loved how you described her as almost like a dog like, yeah. even though like Joe described her as being like a stray cat or yeah. a cat to try and get the mouse out of the house. She was supposed which to be Beck is the mouse. She was not. And Joe is like, hey, girl, this isn't going to work. No. And it just made me sad because I was like, man, Karen's like, how could you hate Karen? <laughs> I just don't get it. Yeah. But everybody wants something different. That's yeah, fine. For I sure. completely understand. So Karen's um, a pretty major character. And another major character who does come like in the second half of the book. Yeah. Pretty late. Pretty late. Yeah. But Beck does mention him, like, a little early. True. He's Dr. Nikki. Also, not a doctor. Not a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Um, I kind of see Dr. Nikki is also another um, obstacle for Joe oh. to kind of navigate. No, no. Huge obstacle. For sure. Um, he, when Joe reads or listens to Dr. Nikki's notes about um, his sessions with Beck, to me it feels more like a spoken diary of Nikki's than it does about his, like, work with Beck, which I feel is, you know, a red flag, big red flag for for them. It just, it's, that's weird. It's weird. Well, Dr. Nikki, not a doctor, is also described <laughs> as, like, being this guy who's in his, like, what, early 40s? I think, like, yeah, mid late, to late, late 40s. So, and he's got, like, all these, like, he almost looks like a washed up wannabe rock star. Rock star. Yeah. And I can just totally yes. see that because you're always going to find those characters who, like, they had this dream in their life. And they didn't end up going for it. And they end up working in a different profession. Yeah. But And they're always sad. Mm-hmm. Sad and depressed that they never achieved those dreams. Yeah. And I think that's just Dr. Nikki, not a doctor. Especially. Yeah. So we say, Chris and I keep saying not a doctor because Dr. Nikki's not a doctor. Nope. Tells Joe, hey, man, like, I'm not a doctor. Just call me Nikki. But Beck always calls him Dr. Nikki. Yeah. Because she has daddy issues. Of course. She just has issues. She has issues. In general. Mm-hmm. Um. So something I kind of wanted to bring up, which is really weird, is Joe makes up this persona. Because, yes. so he's obsessed with Beck, and Beck keeps going to see Dr. Nikki. So, to investigate, Joe also goes to see Dr. Nikki as well. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Joe has an OCD issue. This is what he tells Dr. Nikki, not yeah. a doctor. And he is obsessed with the Honey Drippers Sea of Love music video. Which we both watched. I don't understand. I don't either. It's not that great. It's they weird. described it as trippy, and I don't see it. It's weird. It's yeah. weird as fuck. Weird as fuck. Um, and I was telling Jessica earlier, I recognize the song, but I think I recognize it from, like, Juno. Mm. And I don't know that it's the Honey Drippers version in that Movie. I don't know. I don't see it. I mean, maybe we need to be high for it to be trippy. It was a weird video. And maybe so because we're not children of the 80s, we're children of the 90s. That yeah, we don't get 91, it. baby. <laughs> hey. hey. Something that I really do is interesting about Dr. Nikki and Beck is like, Beck was just like very adamant about not doing anything with Dr. Nikki yeah. until Joe finds that she has a new computer. Yep. With all these pictures of her and Dr. Nikki. He not always, a doctor. He calls together. it MacBook asshole, and I just think that's funny that he's like personified a, a computer MacBook asshole. Well, yeah, because he, he does that with objects. He does, because he names his typewriters, which is Aww. cute and weird, because um, I name weird shit, too. Yeah, like you your know? car's name was Cupcake. My car's name was Cupcake. The new car doesn't have a name yet. Oh, oh no, I did settle on Sadie. Sadie's a good yes, name for a she's, Toyota. She's sexy Sadie. 
Oh my! Yeah, like I my love that. my uh, KitchenAid stand mixer is uh, Black Betty because she's black. Oh, that's so cute! And you know, when she gets turned in, she goes Bambalam. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Black you know, Betty, Bambalam. Right. Ooh, so I can Betty, empathize with Joe on the part that he names weird shit, but I just think it's funny that he like personifies a laptop and calls it an asshole. The laptop didn't well, do anything. It's Apple. <sighs> okay, says both iPhone holders. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, anyways. Did you want to deep dive into Dr. Nikki anymore? Um, I have one other point about Dr. Okay. Nikki. I just think he's a big-ass scapegoat. <gasps> well, yes. Yeah. That is true. We talk about the ending. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which um, I have some questions for you about Dr. Nikki, but <gasps> we'll get into that in just a minute. We're going to take a booze break really quickly. Oh, I want booze and I want to pee. And I want a cookie. <laughs> So we're gonna we're gonna take a booze break. We'll be right back. We'll be back. Welcome back. It is book wasted with Jessica and, and Crystal. Yeah. Um. So we went and got ourselves uh, another round. Again, we're having I'm having whiskey with um pickle juice, and Krista, you're having. Is it tequila this time or vodka? It's vodka. I didn't want to get crazy and start mixing oh shit. My God. Even though they're both clear. I think I would have been safe. But just to be, it's Sunday. We have to work tomorrow. I know. We're just being safe. We both have to work tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, so are you ready? I'm ready. Cheers! Are you okay? I am. Did it try to come back up? It did. Can you just go ahead and take a sip of water, please? (laughs) She, like, jumped up and covered her mouth like she was headed to the sink or something. I just have, like, this, and I've done this before, where I just, like, I don't know, like, my my gag reflex is just really bad. I'm sorry for your husband. Um, he's okay. (laughs) (laughs) There's uh, there's ways around that. Just kidding. Okay. (laughs) So, um, let's kind of move into a little bit more, um discussive part of the podcast. I really want to discuss things with let's, you. Not that we haven't been discussing. I, but, I mean, let's get, like, deep. Let's get deep. Um, deep thoughts. So, we both have come up with a couple of questions mm-hmm. to kind of ask each other. Um, so, why don't you go first, Jess? Okay. So, my question for you, okay. Krista, is, do you consider Joe a serial killer? Oh. I do. Okay. Do you? No, I don't consider him a serial killer. Okay. Um, that's because I just I don't think he considers himself uh-huh. a killer. He doesn't have like a right, particular like method. He doesn't have an mo. Mm-hmm. He just kind of wants to. He's obsessed with a certain person. He's a voyeur to someone who's an exhibitionist. But no, I don't consider him a serial killer. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, my other question is. So it kind of like relates to what we were talking about earlier. What do you think about Joe's relationship to inanimate objects? Oh, that is. That's crazy. We were just talking about this. Yeah, but that was like an actual question I had. Yeah, um, I think that Joe seemingly led a very lonely life. Yeah. So he had to personify these inanimate objects. You know, um, at one point he said that he um, talked to the books and they listened. And I, it's usually the other way around. Usually the books are telling the story and the reader is the one listening to the book. Oh my God. And, oh, sorry. That was you this time. It was me. My phone is on silent. It's Wesley who huh? just popped his head out of the bedroom <laughs> and was going to come and talk to us, but he realized we were recording, so he texted me and said, do we do? Does he want us to order do order pizza for dinner? I don't know. Do you want pizza? For I dinner? always fucking want pizza. Do you? I'm sure. Yes, please. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> it's I never a... heard your phone ringing my so back to your inanimate objects yeah. question. Um, I think I think it was necessity for Joe. I think he had to do that because he didn't have anybody else to talk to. I think so, too. And, like, you know, he, like, has, like, names for his typewriters. And yes. he says that he has, like, almost, like, what, 30 typewriters? That's insane. In his house. Can you imagine having that much stuff in a New York apartment? No. I can't even imagine I can't that. even imagine. And he does. Like, he talks to, like, books, and he goes into, like, the cage with the books. And he's like, and I tell them all about you. That's just crazy. It's just crazy. Like, yeah. I mean, I can kind of get it. Like, I'll go to, like, my book section in my house, and I'll 
check on my books. Yeah, make sure everything's make in sure place. Make sure they're in place, that they're doing okay. Yeah. I'll dust it, yeah. but I don't fucking talk to them. No. So I can't even imagine. No. But those are my questions that okay. I want to discuss with you. I have three questions. Oh my god. So my first question is, why didn't Joe use the mugging in the bookshop as an excuse to call back? I don't know. Right? To me, in my brain, he's so obsessed. So Joe gets mugged at the bookshop yep. by a previous, like former employee, a former disgruntled employee, employee that he fired. Yeah, and then drives to Little Compton yeah. to see Beck. And I think it's because he wants Beck to reach the out cartoon. to him first, okay, instead of Joe doing it. I because get that. at so many times during the book, Joe is the nice guy he's mm-hmm. like okay sure yeah yeah sure why not yeah like i'll go to ikea with you right and we're at this point in their quote relationship unquote right. where beck needs to be the one to reach out to him because she hasn't spoken to joe in two weeks especially after his eight second yeah coming <laughs> um, yeah. So that's yeah. That's my thought. I think Beck has to reach out first to Joe, yeah. and Joe knows that. So the note that I made was, um, I, I think it's insane because he should have, um, because she, he was, you know, he had her old phone, so he knew what she was writing to her friends. Mm-hmm. She was missing him. Yeah, she, she wanted to call him. He should have just reached out to her. Um, it would have been an easy way back in. But anyway, that's good. I like that answer though. Thank you. I, didn't, I really didn't have an answer for it. Oh, next um, question. Next question is, did Joe always plan to kill Beck? No. I don't think that Joe always planned to kill Beck, but I do think that Joe was always going to be unsatisfied mm. with whatever Beck did. Because Joe is looking for, he's never going to be, I, I don't think Joe's ever going to be satisfied in a relationship. I, I don't, don't think, think he's so. ever going to be satisfied in love. Granted, I haven't. I haven't read Hidden Bodies, or I know, we know that Caroline Kepnes is going to be writing more books on Joe. Yeah, but just strictly in the sense of the book You. Strictly in the sense of the book You, I don't think he ever planned on killing Beck, but did it because he was just never going to be satisfied with whatever she was going to do or with whatever she was going to give him. Because in relationships, relationships are all about compromise. And Joe was never going to accept compromise because essentially he's looking for, it's like he's looking for like the mother, the Madonna, and the whore. And he's never going to find that in whoever he finds. Yeah. Um, Follow-up question then. Okay. Um, Oh my. When he interviewed just has... After he's knocked out Beck and put her in the cage, he goes to her apartment and gathers a bunch of her things, and he shoots off an email to her friends about things going south with Dr. Nikki. He always, like, to me, it seems like he almost always had that backup plan Mm -hmm. to kill Beck because he set up Dr. Nikki. Um... Yeah, I I can I understand that because I you know I feel like you and I like you know I don't consider him a serial killer. You kind of do consider him a serial killer. Yeah. In my mind, Joe is always gonna protect himself. Yeah. Because Joe's looking out for number one, and number one is never gonna be Beck or whoever his love interest is. Number one is always gonna be Joe. Okay. Because you know Joe thinks so highly of himself, mm-hmm. and he's extremely arrogant. Yes. I just think Joe's always going to protect himself first. Okay. All right, I'm down for those answers. That's I'm loving this. this I is, do too. This is a good conversation. So I have one last question. It's okay. not necessarily about um, so many questions. I know, right? Yeah, um, I love it. I want to know why there are so many outside references. You mean like pop culture references? Yes. To seemingly out of place things, not out of place, not necessarily like common vein things, I guess. Hannah and her sisters never fucking heard of it. It's a Woody Allen movie. Never seen it, never heard of it. <laughs> I know you watched it, I didn't. I did, yeah. I think there's so many um, references because that's honestly like that's the world that we live in. Like when you have conversations with people, you talk about what? Food, movie, book music yeah and it's kind of like the same way like when you're reading a book like we're always going to have these references to things in our life because we connect to it we connect to music we yeah. connect to movies and like you and i are doing like a fucking podcast right yeah. now because we make these connections sure. to books i just don't feel like they're like universal things yeah you know i feel like they were very specific to joe well it 
It is from his perspective. Yeah. And then speaking of Hannah and her sisters, so I did watch the movie um, because Joe quotes from this movie a constantly. lot. Constantly. He he um, connects himself to this character um, named Elliot. Now, Elliot is played by Michael Caine. And um, in the movie, Elliot is married to the oldest sister. Her name is Hannah. There's three sisters. Elliot is in love with the sister Lee. Mm. Now, what makes this interesting is that Elliot cheats on his wife to be with Lee. Mm-hmm. And Lee cheats on like the person that she's with to be with Elliot. Hmm. And they actually do not end up together in the end. Okay. And But I think one of the reasons why Joe connects with Elliot is because Elliot was at a good point in his life. And then Lee, the character that Elliot is in love with, like didn't have any direction, um, was always going to be free-spirited. Okay. And Elliot felt like he, she needed him. Hmm. And that's how I feel like, like Joe, Joe feels. Felt like Joe Beck needed him. Yes. Got it. Beck needed him. So okay. that's one of the reasons. I just thought it was kind of ironic that they're all fucking cheaters in that movie. Yeah. And Joe is like so upset with Beck for cheating, quote, yeah. on him. Um, but yeah, that's one of the reasons why I think there's so many references is because like we all have pop culture references in our life. We're all going to like something different. Did I think it was a little highbrow with all the references? Yes. So that I was did. that's my follow-up question. Oh, Is my. it to make the reader feel inferior to Joe? I did feel inferior to yeah, Joe. Absolutely. I had I've, to look up so much stuff. I've never read any Dan Brown, which he talks about well, that's all not the time. Inferior, though. Everybody knows Dan Brown's not like the best writer. But still, I mean I just like I said, it's not universal references, I feel like. Dan Brown's not universal? No. Well, that maybe What's not the to you. one Dan Brown, The Da Vinci Code? That's the one that everybody knows. Right. Because of the movie. But that's what they read in right. the book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But anyway, okay. That's the end of my questions. I, I really it. liked that. That was great. So what were some um, passages that kind of just stuck out to you okay. that you really liked? So some of our twinklets. So, so some quotes. And sometimes like these quotes are going to be in context with the book. And yes. sometimes they're going to be quotes where we're going to be all like, I really love this. This struck me. So this is like the one quote that doesn't come from Joe. (laughs) It actually comes from Mr. Mooney. And it's really interesting. It's while they're building the cage. So Mr. Mooney tells Joe, the only thing crueler than a cage so small that a bird can't fly is a cage so large that a bird thinks it can fly. Mm. And honestly, that struck me really fucking hard. Yeah. Because I think that's, sometimes that's the life that we live in right now. You get told constantly by, even like in media today, yeah. and so much social media, you can do it. You can achieve it. Yeah. If you can dream it, it'll happen. Keep going. Yeah, Keep fucking working. Reach. Exactly. Yeah. But so you think you can fly so high and so far, but then you're like, your family holds you down. You yeah. have financial responsibilities. You have bills. Yeah. And you're only working in so much of a space. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that quote just hit me like really hard. Yeah. And but but I loved it. Um, another little twinklet that I wanted to say. Yeah. Now it's not gonna be the same frame, but when I read this quote, I I physically gagged. Oh my god. I honestly I really did because it was something where I was like, is this how men fucking think? It makes me dis I I yeah. was disgusted. Okay. So let's hear it. It's this scene where Joe and Beck are at a restaurant and Beck is dressed up right for a date. So um oh my god, I can't find it. Oh found it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the quote is it's gonna be hard to break you. This hungry public part of you that wants to be noticed and observed. You need an escort back, especially if you want to dress like a fucking whore. Oh my god. I know, I know. Like, yeah. Is that, like, is that how, like, is that what people think? And I do, I honestly do think that that's, like, how some men think. Some they're, like, men, and they're, yeah. like, like, so many, like, cases that you see today, like, where, like, you know, girls are in these situations where they were raped, and they're, like, well, maybe you shouldn't have dressed the way that you did. Which is fucking bullshit. It's Maybe you shouldn't think that my body belongs to you. Exactly. And that's honestly the whole point of view, right? 
He's like, so Joe possessive. Like, Joe thinks Beck belongs to exactly. him. But she doesn't. She, she doesn't. belongs to her own self. As much as I don't like her character, that's still Beck's life. Yeah. And she's allowed to do what she wants with it. So mm-hmm. when I read that quote, I was like, that's horrible. Yeah, like, you need an escort, especially if you're going to dress like a fucking whore. Ugh. Because it's like, I can dress the way I want to dress. I'm going to dress the way I fucking want to dress. You know, dress. like, if I'm, if I'm going to go with my girls, my ladies, yeah. like you, like, I want to I want to feel good about myself. Yeah, I dress for me. Yeah, like, and I also dress for my ladies, too. Yeah. I want you to think I look good. Exactly. I've had people ask me that before. My husband and I have been together for going on 11 years. And they're like, oh, does, oh I got my hair cut one time. And died. I got my hair dyed for the first time. And the oh, yeah. lady dyeing my hair was like, oh, is your husband okay with this? What does he think? And I was like, I don't know. I didn't ask him before I came because it's not his decision. Not that I don't, you know, value his opinions or want him to think differently of me, but it's my hair. If mm-hmm. I want to make it a little bit blonder, that's my fucking prerogative. It's your fucking prerogative. And he just is going to have to live with it. But vice versa. I mean, if he did something similar, I wouldn't fucking care. It's yeah. his body. Yeah. Like right now, he's not working a ton and he's growing out his facial hair, which <laughs> I really don't wow. like. But because it's sticky and prickly when you kiss him and I don't like it um, (laughs) that's his prerogative and he's allowed to grow out his facial hair if that's what he chooses okay yeah um I had some I had two quick little ones oh I'm excited pretty small and they're both like positive oh wow okay well i'm excited because i I always like to see like your what you pick out yeah and then what i pick out too because our different perspectives for sure on the book so okay go for it um the first one is i'm so dead that i am deaf and i think um, is that positive i think not necessarily positive but um (laughs) for me i related to that because sometimes you just are not in the headspace to hear hmm um, mm-hmm. I know for me personally, I have migraines. For having a migraine, I just have no capacity to hear, mm. to listen. Sometimes it's just so bad. Or on the cats episode where um I had had my wisdom teeth out and I was in a lot of pain, I was having a very hard time hearing you, You're or such listening a to you, because I just I just was dead. Like I just was tired. I was in pain. I was hurting. Like. You know, and I just related to that a lot. Um, the second one is, and I'm shocked you didn't pull this one out. Oh, okay. It's fucking beautiful. And I feel like it relates to us so much. Oh, my. Maybe I wrote it down, but I didn't choose it. Maybe. So go for it. Especially our uh, our love of books. It says the problem with books is that they end. <gasps> I didn't pick that one out. Oh, it, oh my he God. He elaborates. I think it's a little bit, like... Uh, no, but like out of context. But, yeah, out of context. Ugh. It's fucking beautiful. That is the problem with books. And I think, too, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, um, book wasted. Mm. I mean, when you're just wasted on a book, you just cannot recover yeah. from the devastating things that are happening in this book. Or not even necessarily devastating, that you've engulfed yourself in this other story that when it's over, you just feel this what do you do? loss, this yeah. emptiness. Yeah, you're lost and you're empty. Yeah. I did love that. Yeah. Oh my God. Isn't that oh, beautiful? Oh, I have one more. Okay, it wasn't yes. like, it, it wasn't one of my top two. Yeah. But I did want to okay. say it. You had a lot of questions, so. It's okay. Sure, sure. Um, Safe space. It was. <laughs> Safe space. Um, it, honestly, it's not as beautiful as the one that you had because I think okay. I'm going to write that down and keep it. It's beautiful, So right? this one is, it is winter, sad girls walk into the water to die. Ugh. It happens. Ugh. Oh my god. That's depressing. Isn't it Are depressing? Are you okay? I'm okay. <laughs> I'm fine. I mean, because like... It, you, for you, like, you know that, like, I'm a summer girl. You are a summer like, girl. Like, I'm spring and I'm summer. I'm not fall and winter. No. Do not keep me locked in the house. <laughs> I will go fucking yeah, crazy. Yeah, you are not that person. And that's okay. We accept that. We, we understand. Yeah, it's just different. But that was just something like a, a quote that really... Um, stuck with you. That really stuck out with me. Yeah. So, yeah. Now that we finished our twinklets, I wanted to let all of our listeners know... Um, so I, I do, I really do encourage you to go out and read this book because I liked it. Yeah. Did you like it? It was good. I liked it. I, um, as I've said before, I struggled with the point of view of Joe. Yeah. Um, just because he is so arrogant and he's hard to relate to. He's hard to relate Um, to. You know, and I think that's part of reading a book because you want to relate to the characters a little bit, at least a tiny little bit. Um, but it is great and it's good to just compare, 
against the show, uh, which we'll mm-hmm. talk about um, on the next episode. Um, but it's it's interesting. I did like the book. I liked the storyline. I just wasn't crazy about Joe. Yeah. No, I know. I know that it's always it's tough to read from that perspective because it's a very dark perspective. Yeah. To read from, but I did love the story. I love the concept. It was scary to me, and it was creepy because it, it makes you think about like, oh my god, like my accounts are set to public, like people can see that. What is wrong with you? I don't share that much stuff. Like my address isn't up there, and That's I don't like true. show like things about like my home and like yeah. that much about my life. But yeah. you can see things yeah. and stuff like that. It's mainly just me and my cat. Right? <laughs> I haven't posted on my personal Instagram in quite a while because the only pictures I have to share are of my cat. I don't think there's anything wrong with I've that. I've had three in a row. At all. But for our listeners, um, our next episode is going to be about comparing the show and the book. Because I, I do think that they did a really good job with the show, but we really kind of want to deep dive yeah. into those comparisons there because some of the characters are different. Um, even the descriptions of the characters and what happens is a little bit different as yeah, well. For our next review, I uh, because I would like for y'all to read along with us, we are reading uh, the Devil Wears Prada. Ooh. I personally don't own any Prada myself. No, but I wish I did. I don't think I would sell my soul for it. Don't you anyway. know? Isn't that backpack Prada? Which one? The one you wore to ACL. No, that was Louis Vuitton. Oh, Louis. Okay. I'm sorry. I knew it was some <laughs> kind of name brand. My apologies. I mean, you know me. But Beck has a Prada bag. Oh, Beck has a Prada bag. Yeah. So this sounds a good little segue into it. A little segue. It. I'm really yes. excited. I'm excited to read The Devil Wears Prada. I've never read it before, but of Ooh. course the movie is classic. Classic. Um, so I'm, I'm pumped to read it. Um, also, of course, if you guys uh, want to follow along with us, we try to keep our Instagram pretty updated. Um, it's just Book Wasted Podcast on yes. Instagram. Um, uh, there's a couple pictures up already, but, you know, we're always adding to it. Um, you guys are always welcome to slide into the DMs and let us know yeah. your crazy voyeurism yeah. uh, stories. Tell Let's... us about any, like, sex on the subway. Yeah, we always like to hear and crazy shit. You can yeah. say hi or you can leave a haiku. Yeah, You can always... follow us, but not like Joe Goldberg. You know, please don't try to stalk us. My accounts are private, so... <laughs> Um, Good luck there, people. From Jessica and I at Book Wasted. Stay wasted, my friends.